Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 we're here for another edition of Oilers Live Tuesday. Excited to have uh, as guest co-host tonight, uh, Dash at Dash in the Park, and then uh, former Edmonton Oilers goaltender, drafted by the Oil and played for the Oil, uh, Mr. Joaquin Gage. Thanks and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, Gold Medal Tuesday, I guess, with, uh, with the ladies' <laughs> yeah, plans. So let's, uh, thanks for let's, taking let's time hope. out of your day to... Uh, to at least get past the first period. It doesn't look so good for them. They're down to nothing, but uh, lots of hockey. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, uh, I'll be tuning in shortly. No doubt. Um, Thanks for taking time away from the game to join us. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. You know, uh, and and, uh, we'll have to save this for another show, but man, I, I've actually uh, over the years, women's hockey just keeps getting better and better. And uh, I haven't missed a game. I think probably for, I don't know, eight or nine years when the, when the women's world's come, uh, I love it. It's good. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I see what's happening now and so tough because obviously Canada and, and the U S women are they're They're pretty much head and shoulders above all the other, other countries. I mean, Finland's always kind of knocking at the door a little bit more. So now I just, I'd like to see them grow the game a little bit differently than, than what they're doing. I think um, I, I would, my, uh, my way to, to help the women's game is because these rivalries are so, so key with the, I think they should just have uh, a regular seat, a world regular season, right? Like yeah. maybe it's 30, 40 games a year. It's travel to different countries. Um, I mean, they come back to Canada, the team Canada, whoever they're playing, if they go to a NHL rank could be all over, who knows Montreal one weekend or here in Edmonton the next. And, you know, they probably get a lot of fans, especially if they played the U S right. And then that whole thing comes to the world cup at the end. Maybe it's a point system. Um, some sort, and then, then just some sort of playoffs, right? Like it's so hard to watch this when they're down two in a gold medal game and, and a winner take all. I, yeah. I, I understand it's, it's the format, but man, um, you don't really find out, who the best team is. I don't think in a one game playoff, it can, I mean, a goalie can, yeah. can steal it. I've, I, I've been, I've been known to steal it for the other team sometimes, you know, but um, <laughs> they uh, like just to, just to see a full seven game series of, of the women, like, and whoever that is, if it's against the U S I think uh, that would just build a lot more momentum. And I think they grow the game a lot better worldwide. And, and when it does get into those like Olympic type settings, um, um, I think you'd have a, a, a better product because you'd get more exposure throughout the whole, the whole world. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I, it's hard to disagree with that. I mean, there, it, as I said, I think, I think the game has just, uh, become so good. Right. And the speed. And, and in fact, you know, I've played, um, even rec hockey against, uh, some of the women that have played top level <laughs> and, uh, and uh, they're out there making the guys look foolish uh, half the time. Not me, of course, but the <laughs> other guys. And um, and they're uh, you know the the women's game is really great. I I used to um, I coached a women's team back uh, about twenty years ago, sort of in the oh, early right. goings, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Anyway, I'm uh, we digress a little bit. We're um, about 
two, three weeks ago, we got into a conversation about uh, Oilers goaltending, which is, as you know, and, and uh, I mean, you've done enough shows and you've watched enough of the Oilers to know this is a, always a hot topic and has been a hot topic, I think, um, you know, for a number of years. We've we seem to be a hotbed for uh, developing <laughs> uh, goaltenders that seem to do well elsewhere uh, than in Edmonton. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and let's just put it out there. A lot of times, a lot of the ire of, of um, NHL fans, Oilers fans, uh, sometimes get centered around Dustin Schwartz and the goaltending coaching there. And, and of course, uh, Olivier Rodrigue is there as well, part of that team. And so it, you know, it kind of, we got talking, Dash and I got talking a little bit about, you know, what, you know, what role I've had uh, a former goaltender on the show in the past that, you know, suggested that he didn't feel like a goaltending coach had that much of a, of an effect. Um, but then you got guys like Corn and Alaire that seem to be, you know, uh, pumping out world-class goalies. So, I wanted to get your feeling. I mean, you've played uh, on a number of teams, uh, both minors and uh, with the Oilers, and and you've probably had you know a dozen or so goaltending coaches in your career. You know, I'd I'd love to kind of get your experience and and understand you know what your thoughts are and and how you see that that role really affects um, you know how uh, a goalie plays in the NHL. And then you know the flip side to that is maybe let's talk about what that means for the Oilers or what you think that means for the Oilers and, and what you've, um, you know, what you can see, obviously not physically being in the dressing room and being around uh, Dustin Schwartz doesn't necessarily mean you, you understand exactly how he coaches, but maybe you have some insight into that. Yeah, it's, um, it's a good question. Cause really, if you look at when I started, even if you go back to like early nineties in my junior career, it was, we didn't have goalie coaches, right? There was no, there might've been someone, a friend of someone coming in at a certain <laughs> point. Um, my first year uh, pro, I remember Scott Housen hired a guy and this guy just kind of put out videos and told everyone just a butterfly. He was, com- uh, I can't remember his name, but he was completely useless. And he just, <laughs> he, he, our, our league team was in Cape Breton and Sydney. And, uh, we had a, there was a bar called smooth Herman's and I think he spent more time at, at that place than, uh, than looking after my <laughs> game. But, um, I, and, uh, but with, as I, as I got older, there was, there was more guys that, uh, that started working with, with pro goalies. Um, not so much the uh, the number ones. The number ones were kind of left alone, and unless things were really going south, um, they were more with the with the guy that wasn't playing that much. And I didn't really. I had my first really good goalie coach was Dave Pryor in uh, I, and he was. I don't think he's there. He was with Washington for years, um, and then he was with Vegas for a little bit. Mike Rosati, who. Um, mm-hmm. is the goalie coach there now. Mike and I actually played together in Portland and, and uh, Dave was our goalie coach. So <laughs> he just kind of oh, wow. stepped into that role. Really, he was a goalie himself. So I, I do think that's a little bit important just to have some sort of experience with it. But um, very knowledgeable about the position and, and was 
the toughest thing, because everyone plays a little bit differently. And I think that the relationship that you build with your, with your coach, like you have to like each other. It's like anything else, right? It's hard to work with someone that you don't, uh, don't have a rapport with. But um, I was fortunate. Pryor was great because he was brutally honest, but uh, a, a really good guy. And, um, you know, he, he didn't change much with my game. He just saw little deficiencies. Well, maybe a lot of deficiencies. I don't know. But <laughs> I like to say a little. But he, uh, he just calming me down, showing me things like that was the kind of the first time even I started watching video of my of myself play. Right. And and different situations. So that was. That was huge. And then um, obviously my last year with Edmonton, Pete Peters was actually my goalie coach. And Pete was, uh, Pete was old farm boy um, and still like tougher than nails and strong as an ox. But I mean, he was still playing, like just come out and cut down the angle. And if they beat you, they beat you. Right. (laughs) Like it's it. And I was a really impressionable goalie. So if someone told me to, do something I would kind of do it to the point where it did kind of affect my game a little bit I had to I, I got too much in my head and and started trying to just implement what they had taught me and just not take maybe some of what they said and and uh, try to improve my own game with what they told me right so it's a fine line I think with because everyone plays a little bit different um, my last goalie coach in Sweden that was that was when I really knew gosh having a goalie coach means such a big deal um he uh we would go out on the ice half an hour before practice and just he would develop these little drills that we would do and and just go by going over the game before and saying okay well this didn't look too good on this play and we we even catered the drills to the teams that we were playing against right where were their strengths and and stuff so you were you were just immersed in 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 how the other teams played on the power play which you know, this guy loves shooting the puck from here. Like, how is our movement? And and then we would have fun with okay, get your get ourselves in different positions and how we would how we would recover back to a post or something like that, right? So that was, I mean, I I I I had a great year, and uh, half the credit was for him, right? Because he was just he was a he was a phenomenal goalie coach. But that's what I think is the most important thing. I don't. I don't know Dustin Schwartz. It's funny. I've never met the guy, but I've I've never heard a guy say like say, say a bad thing about him. Like just highly motivated, very very structured. Um, obviously, being a teacher uh, at at Vimy Ridge Academy for years, I think that that helps um, that experience of building that relationship as student teacher to student with with guys um, and. I can always tell it's it, it might be just be a goalie thing, but I can always tell through body language when the goalie coach is talking to the goalie with whether he's receptive or not. Right. Like yeah. there's might be a look away and things. And, right. and from the most part, when I, when I do watch Oilers practice and see especially Mike Smith and, and Miko Koskinen, they, they're very attentive to what Dustin Schwartz has to say. Right. Um, and, and so the, to me, there's really a really good relationship with them. Um, you don't need a guy coming in and yelling at you for a bad game, but maybe just looking at uh, being even throughout it. You know, maybe you have a game where you win two one, but then you you go over a couple of things maybe you did wrong, right? So just building that relationship that way. That's the most important thing I find with a with a with a goalie and goaltender coach 
but I mean, being from the outside and yeah, you turn the fan switch on and you see a guy let in four goals on four shots. Yeah. Um, they're <laughs> uh, fans are wondering what the goalie coach is doing. And, and at that point, I mean, they're not reinventing the wheel, right? It's uh that's, they're just there to, to maybe goaltending is kind of like playing golf with your golf swing. It's, it's trying to get, uh, not create bad habits and and keep moving forward once those things right. start creeping in and and then like you see guys kind of start to pull themselves back and and go back to their basics but um yeah to me it's just um it was always the relationship first and and uh, and building that trust and uh and and then of course results so it's interesting you uh, mentioned the golf swing because I, you know, when I think about goaltending coaches, I, you know, immediately that's the first thought that comes to mind, right? As a swing coach in, in golf, right? And sometimes you have a good swing, sometimes you don't. It's not anything necessarily that the goal that the swing coach can get you through, but you know, it becomes a confidence thing. And in, in the lead up to this show tonight, you know, I was reading about you know other goaltending coaches and and. Um, you know, what they thought was most important. And, and there was a theme that kept coming up that, you know, goaltenders uh, live and die by the confidence that they have. Right. And that, you know, a lot of what, um, you know, a goaltending coach had to do is, is motivational rather than actually functional. Right. I mean, you can't, I'm not sure that you could, you know, say change Tiger Woods swing, but you could give him the confidence to have a good swing over and over and over again. Right. I mean, and, and so, you know, mechanically he's, you know, he's got what he's got, he's, you know, got that talent, but, and I think the same could be said about, you know, goaltending coaches. I, I mean, I'm not sure I've, it is the one position I've happily stayed away from my whole life. And, <laughs> and, uh, but I, you know, I mean, it makes sense to me that, um, you know, confidence would be, you know, I, I think there was a comment uh, made. I can't remember who said it, so I'm not going to try. But it was basically you could just rather than calling hockey hockey, let's just call it goalie because the goalie is such an important aspect yeah. to this game. And um, so, I mean, in your mind, is, you know, does that sound reasonable from your experience? Like your confidence level? Did that, you know, you know, did that? really sort yeah, of yeah there was there was different ways of 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 motivation i and i i i have to kick it back to that relationship building like i remember once when thomas magnuson who was my coach in sweden and i i i had a poor game and and he could tell i was i i wasn't really approachable after the game right so he kind of just uh he waited a bit and then um the next practice i was feeling yeah, it was that common thing, you know, I, I let in some, a couple bad ones and I felt that bad. And then he develops these drills and I didn't even realize at the time <clears throat> what he was doing. Um, but the drills that we were doing were specifically designed because of the goals that I had allowed the, the, the game before. And so, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm doing these and doing these reps and stopping these pucks and do, 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 and I, you know, you're all of a sudden you're feeling pretty good about yourself. And then, and then he comes up to me and goes, Oh, well, why the hell did you allow those last game? Right. And then there was a kind of a big laugh. So he, he built me up kind of indirectly with that. So it's, it's not always about the, you're the best you rah, rah, rah guy. Right. right. I think there's a, a, with that, with that uh, relationship and how you're, how you, how you get into that repetition of, okay, look, I'm going to go work with my goalie coach. I'm, I'm, I, I wasn't at the point where I just wanted to 
oh man, I, I don't want to do this today. It was like, yeah. it was part of my routine and I, I enjoyed doing it from the beginning. So, um, and then just realizing what he had done while we were, while we were practicing, it was quite funny. And, you know, I, he's a, he's an awesome guy. He, uh, he, uh, it was just one of his ways of, of getting me out of that funk, I guess, which, what you're talking about. Okay. It's not always just, you're just talking to a guy and boosting him that way. It's showing him what he's actually capable of. I think that's a, that's a tool that I've heard a lot of really good goaltending coaches use. Yeah. And conversely, I mean, he knew how to make you tick, right? I mean, that's part of the communication. That's part of the relationship. That's part of uh, his uh, putting himself in your skates. You know what I mean? To understand, okay, well, I don't operate this way, but I know how Gager or Joaquin operates. So, you know, this is what I will say to him today in order to build him up that way. Right. So I think communication can be such a key part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't many words spoken <laughs> until that, until the end of the drills too. Right. So um, yeah, that the relationship is, is enormous. It's just, and I mean, I, I remember as a kid, uh, Ian Clark, who's the goaltending coach of, uh, of the Canucks, I believe still yep. he, uh, I remember going to his first goaltending camp. The only reason he asked me to come to help him out. And he was just starting out with his, with his goalie camps. And he was, uh, he was a goalie for the, the Thunderbirds at UBC. And I just remember all he taught were two pad stacks and kick saves. And I'm like, geez, how's this guy? One of the top NHL yeah. goalie coaches, <laughs> but, uh, he, another guy that was like, completely charismatic like when he walked when he walked in everyone knew he was in the room so i can see how um why guys enjoy working with him for sure yeah so okay so we've you know we've talked about this i mean i think you know we got a good feel for the goalie coach the confidence the relationship that i mean you know because i, I want to get to some of the questions some of the fans are asking uh tonight um and uh, Dash, I know you've got a couple of questions as well. Yeah. <laughs> we only have you for so long. Um, I mean, you know, if you, you know, if you're running a franchise, I mean that, and uh, you know, in this case, Oilers fans, you know, they're constantly on Dustin Schwartz, right? I mean, you've you've seen it. You you're on Twitter, of course. Nothing good ever comes off Twitter, <laughs> but but I mean, is this is this? valid is this a valid point i mean would you uh would you be the guy that uh says maybe it's time for a change and and uh do you think that's i mean we've we've gone through this we've gone through a tough time as as oilers fans right um you know i mean i grew up during a time when we had grant fear and andy moog and of course it was a different style of game back then of course uh you know you could outscore a bad night and <laughs> you can't do that anymore you know is it is it time to uh, you know, open up and, and start looking at other options or, or do you think the fans are, you know, maybe a little bit misled in terms of how important this role is to the team? I don't think a lot of fans know what actually goes into the whole, like the whole job description of being a, a goaltender coach. So he's responsible for not only his own goals, but also the goalies and the minors. And, reports on them also one of the bit major things that they do is is scout opposing goaltenders right so looking at their weaknesses how they how to how to score on them what to do what to make them uncomfortable um uh, shootouts massive thing for for research on 
on guys and, and showing them what to do and stuff like that. So it's not Shooter's just shooters tendencies. Yeah. Like going over that, like, uh, Oh, okay. Well, we all know where Ovechkin shooting from, but you know, <laughs> things like that, yeah. they, that, that go into it as well. And I think those types of things that we don't see as fans um, looking from the outside, um, I, I tend to believe because uh, just from the way some goaltenders in Edmonton have performed in the past and Dustin Schwartz has been here, I just believe that there are a lot of other things that he does really well, as well as building that relationship with his own, with the goalies. So um, that's the only way I could see him why he's still with the Oilers because you look around the league and you know some some of these guys I talked to my buddy Eli Wilson who's a who has one of the biggest goaltending goaltending schools on the planet and I asked him if he wanted to get back into the NHL and start to, he goes no way man you're uh <laughs> you're the lowest on the totem pole right you can I mean, he was telling me some Hitchcock stories that uh, hearing him come in and if the goalie <laughs> let in a bad one, he would be ripping the goalie coach, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a tough you're, you Yeah. You're, you're the lowest on the totem pole in the, in the, co- in the pecking order as the coaches. So um, there's, there's obviously something else with, uh, with Dustin Schwartz that's, that's keeping him around to, uh, to have that because on, if you look at just performance, um, I don't think, in in well, just looking as an outsider, right? You'd think that some of these uh, he would be gone just from the performance of some of the goalies at certain times. Yeah, okay, I think that's uh, you know fair statement. All right, uh, Dash, I've done all the all the talking. Actually, Joaquin's <laughs> done all the talking, but you can... <laughs> that's why we brought him here. <laughs> you know, yeah, sorry, that's, boys. Sorry, that's what I... a guest is supposed to do. So it's yeah. good. Honestly, yeah. people don't want to listen to me, so that's good. <laughs> Uh, go ahead, we, Dash. We brought Gage here for the eye candy and the information. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, I'm I'm listening to what you're saying, and and I I guess the different things that jump out for me are, you know, you look at some of the different, uh, like a guy like Ben Waller in in New York, right? Like he's he's almost a a rebuild catalyst. Like like it doesn't matter what goalie he touches, whether it was Lundqvist or any of his backups, whether it was Talbot or Anti Ranta, or you look at Georgiev or Shostrikin now. Um, it's a factory and, you know, Arizona has been a factory, whether it was Sean Burke getting his hands on goalies, you know, I, I understand, um, you know, the, the head trajectory style and, and how it was taught to Bill Ranford and Ranford to quick and, and how these guys like Valaquette and, um, Valaquette and different coaches teach that style. Why, if a guy like Schwartz or you know certain goalies are teaching that style, what what's what's Benoit Lair doing different? What are what's you know Burke doing different? Are they just better at that communication and relationship part, and that's what makes them special? Or like, why is Benoit Lair just turning out goalies like a factory? That's a really good question. Um, I think. I mean, in my opinion, okay, so this is, this is funny because I just heard this the other day, um, uh, Brooksy, the, the newspaper yeah. guy for the yeah. Post in New York, and I think uh, local guy Jason Strudwick was talking to him the other day, okay, and, and he asked Henrik Lundqvist about uh, what are about the best saves he ever made, and, he, and Henrik goes, I don't really know, and then Brooksy went back and 
kind of looked up some of his saves in big moments, like in the Stanley Cup finals and gold medal games. And he was, he actually showed them to Henrik. And this is funny. This is, I, uh, and I was obviously goalies were a little bit different in how we think, but this is kind of, I'll give you guys an insight to, to, uh, to go as we don't, we don't like making the big windmill glove saves or the reaching out with the pad and, and kicking it out. Those, because usually those mean that we were out of position and had to do something really drastic to stop the puck. And when, when Brooksy asked Henrik about these, these great saves, he, it, it just remind me of, uh, of being a goalie. Like when you'd have to reach out and you'd almost be mad because you did, you probably did something wrong to put yourself in, in a bad position. Um, I, I remember just, like I would be moving side to side, back, forth, back, forth, quick shot. And I would be there and it would hit me in the chest. And I, I would always tell myself, man, that was a good save. That hit like that guy had nothing. That's, that's the kind, that's a great save to me because that whoever was shooting on me had a whole net. And all of a sudden I came over, I was square to the shooter, faced him, no rebound. And in my mind, I'm going, that is an unreal save where most people are thinking, I oh, just hit him in the chest, right? To us, that's, that's a great save because we, we tracked, we, we followed the play. And that's what, if you look at all those goalies that Allaire coaches, watch how many pucks hit those guys in the chest. Sean Burke, how many pucks hit him in the chest? When he grabbed a hold of Dubnik, like I saw him just quiet down completely. Mike Smith too, like quiet down completely. Like, you know, and, and they're, they were pretty active goalies. Um, I played against Henrik when I was in Sweden and um, yeah, he was, he was really active. Right. He was a really phenomenal young goalie at the time, but um, having to do a little bit too much to make the save. I think that is the biggest thing that they teach is is uh, is the tracking and getting set and anticipating on where the puck is going to come from. So it's not always about the uh, the Grand Fear big, big windmills, although they're, they're great <laughs> for the fans and get everyone pumped up. But for goalies, we don't want to make those saves. We want to just. We want that stuff to just be picking cherries and, and hitting us in the chest or a quick little stick deflection to the corner. That's a That's great a, save to a goalie. Michael's point. That's like pointing out to Tiger Woods that fantastic shot from the sand and he's just pissed off because he hit it in the sand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Um, so do you think, you know, like, do, do the Rangers almost scout that way, right? You talk about anticipation and you talk about tracking and you know, um, head trajectory is for those that don't know just that, right. Your um, that style was, I guess, something that Devin Dubnik accredited to his success because you, you're using your head to track the puck and, you know, you kind of lock your eyes, like you have blinders on um, and you use your head to track the puck. And, and the whole idea behind that is, you know, if your head is there, your body will follow and you're a fraction of a second faster because you're there already before your eyes have told you where to go. Um, you know, Dubnik said that was amazing. He said that the biggest thing was that, you know, Nashville fixed his head and, and Phoenix fixed his, his skill and that's, you know, quieting him down and, and doing that was part of it. Um, because of the fact that he could now, you know, play a little deeper in his net. So Dubnik was obviously had that skill to be able to track pucks and to be able to know where to look. And, you know, there's obviously different visions from different goalies and different hockey players, period. You look at Gretzky. Do you think now when you point that in the Oilers direction and, you know, Dustin Schwartz has, uh, you know, 
Koskinen and playing pretty deep in his net. I'd say there's a lot of nights that he makes a, a Koskinen can look five ten instead of six seven. You know, does he actually have a glo- bad glove hand, or is he just playing too deep? Because you know, in in Russia, he could play farther out, and you know, there's less back and forth. And so, I guess my long winded point to get to this question is: Does does maybe Koskinen not have that skill? to be able to track the puck as well as somebody like a uh, Dubnik in the past. And, and so that's why when he's playing deep in his net, he's, he's not making the right moves. Um, I don't think he uses his size to his, his advantage enough for one that when he's playing well, I, I think he is like, there's, there's times when you, you can play a little bit more out of your crease. I think that was one of the reasons of Mike Smith's success last year, because his uh, his decision making of winning when to be at the top of the crease and when to when to play back. I think he got it right almost all the time. But Smith's more th- athletic; he can recover better. I think. Well, that's true, but I I think Mike Smith knows he can make he he can play as a blocker, but he can also make saves. And yeah. I think when 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 Miko struggles, mm. he might as well just have two blockers on his hand and he's like if if i were to get get a hold of him i'd say like you know what just for the first bit of practice let's just stay on our feet you know let's uh it it may be a half butterfly let's not just go down full butterfly every single time because it becomes a crutch after a while i think and i am you just look at goalies that are that are lasered in and i you look at carrie price sometimes like a guy will come right down the slot and rip one shelf and he'll pick it right out of the air without going even his knees touching the ice. Right. I think that he, he gets, it's a confidence thing by going down. You think you're covering more. So at least that way it'll hit you. But um, I think Miko has to start not all the time because you will get in trouble because NHL guys will, will rip it past you. But I think there's a point where he can, he should start making saves too. Right. There's, there's a, there's a difference between, making yourself big and blocking it and making saves. And I just think he has become over the, like the last bit of the year there, he was just a blocker, right? Yeah. I mean, when, when you come, become a blocker, you can get beaten your and your rebound control isn't that good too, usually because you're just hoping it hits you at a time. So um, if he can get back to just making a few saves and, and feeling comfortable doing that, um, I think he can get back to where he was a couple of years ago. I think it, you know, it sounds to me, I mean, you're kind of going around it, but it sounds like a confidence thing. Right. And, and when you got the fans against you and seemingly, you know, I mean, lots has been made recently about the fans and, and uh, you know, with Larson leaving uh, Edmonton and that type of thing. So I, I'd be curious how much of that is confidence related. It's, it's going to be tough for him. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember when uh, I came back to Edmonton and I started a game and I heard some groans up in the stands. Like, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm so sorry was... about that, by the way. <laughs> 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 I didn't mean yeah. that for that to be too Michael bad. and I had a few too many that night. Yeah, no, yeah, sorry. yeah. Uh, hey, I've got um, I've just got a couple of quick questions before we let you go for the night. Um, and uh, these are coming from uh, uh, from some of the folks on uh, Twitter and, and watching uh, one joke question was no any good financial planners. Um, we'll go. <laughs> Look at Other, uh, uh, where do you um, and, we'll, and we'll try to get through these quick. Uh, where do you see goaltending going in the future? What was your favorite era? Oh, 
goalies are are really good, man. I I I don't I don't particularly like the direction with with scouts. So not looking at yeah, unless you're over six three, I think they're going to be missing out on a lot of really good goalies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean. Of course, I'm going to like the goalies when I played, right? And I played with some beauties. Like Billy Ranford was great. So, oh, you know, yeah. he loved making second and third saves with throwing out the pads and stuff. And and then I got to play with Cujo. And, you know, he was so calm and just a just a beast when when the game was on the line. And he just stopped everything. It was he was phenomenal, man. I, I like those those guys that played 70 games a year, you know, those, those direct number one guys. I don't think you have that anymore. I, I don't know if it's possible with the, with the, with the way the game is, it's just so taxing physically and mentally and the, and the speed. And so it's a, it's more of a mental thing to, to stay strong throughout the whole year. But um, I just, I like the throwback of the, of the, reigning number one goalie, the Brodeurs, the Waz, the Hashiks, you know, just those solid guys that were the pillar of consistency with, with goaltending back then. Right. Those guys were, those guys were awesome. Kirk McLean, I I loved going to watch him. Yeah. yeah. I never would have thought about Ranford and Cujo. That's kind of cool. You got to play with them. Uh, Another question came in, which maybe along those lines, who, uh, who is your goaltending hero? Oh, it was Fierzy. Look at the number in front of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Fierzy, man. He was right. he was the best. I just uh, I remember I used to like I had hair back then, but uh, <laughs> when I put my uh, put my helmet on, I I kind of tease up the fro a little bit to come out of the helmet, <laughs> just like he did, you know. And yeah, yeah. I I remember when my my dad, I finally like I was uh, uh, I had secondhand pads forever. And I finally got a new set, and they were the DNR pads, man. That was, I, I, I slept with them on. I, they were in my room. I, and they were Love those it. things were all leather and deer hair, right? So I had to spend like the first two hours, like with the snow seal, and seal them all up, and nice and stuff. But yeah, fears like, and it's great because, you know, I, I played with some pretty cool guys, and you know, I'll see. Like I saw uh, Brian Muir and last year was Ethan Morrow and seeing some of these old guys yeah. that I used to play with and stuff. But when I, when I go, I, I'm fortunate enough to go to certain events, right. And, and see some of the old Oilers and be around them. And, and uh, I can't tell you how cool it is when, when like Grant Fuhrer rolls into the alumni room or whatever. And he goes, comes up and goes, Hey, Joaquin, how are you doing? Like, yeah, I go, you you know my name i still to this day it's it's yeah, crazy he's still right? he's starstruck. Just, yeah and he's like i don't know if you ever met this guy but man salt of the earth this guy yeah like, met him a couple just, of times agree and yeah, it's, he's Ditto. just such a cool dude and man so I are you man so are no. you <laughs> i can see Not that i can cool. see how you acquired aspired to be him <laughs> so we uh we uh we're we're just about out of time here, and and uh, want to thank you. I mean, this is this Very is great. I, I'd love to get you back on because there are, you know, I I'm based in Halifax now. Of course, you played for the Cape Breton Oilers, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, formerly the Nova Scotia Oilers uh, here in Halifax, and and some cool players went through there. You played with the Wayne Gretzky of Pims, uh, Bonvi. Uh, so, you know, there's gotta be one or two Bonvi stories in there. I'd be, oh, there's, there's a lot. Yeah. There's I'd love to hear, yeah, hear about yeah. that. We could have I mean, a whole sure. show on that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, that'd be awesome. So um, one of these times we'll have to get you back on and, and uh, maybe we can chat a little bit about yeah, perfect. Uh, I'll just double yeah. that amount of beer. I was and the wheeling <laughs> nailers. No you played on the wheeling nailers. Like, yeah, there's, have, uh, there's uh, not many teams I didn't play for. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing. I remember we had, uh, we had Craig McTavish on, on uh, our podcast and uh, he said, yeah, I was looking up Joaquin's stats and you really knew that just, he just loved to play because <laughs> I think he played in 14 different leagues. <laughs> An MVP at one of them, I might add. Yeah, oh, yeah. Won the heart. Won the heart in one of them. I, right on. It was a process of elimination. I found the league where I would be the best. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's great. Again, uh, thanks, thanks. And thanks, Dash, for setting this up. And um, no everybody problem. else, have a great night. If I didn't get to your questions, sorry, we'll get to your questions next time. We're going to be back next Tuesday at Six Mountain, as always, for the live stream. Uh, and, uh, Joaquin, if you don't mind staying just, uh, two seconds, we'll, uh, finish this off. Everybody else have a great night. Thanks from Dash and I have a great night. Oilers Live.